Hi, I'm Jo Rochelle, and this is Girl Wonder, a thoughtful and relaxing podcast that analyzes comics on Webtoon. If you want to dive deep into theories and relive some of the biggest moments in your favorite Webtoons, then you're absolutely in the right place. Sit back, relax, and we'll get started. Today on the podcast, we are discussing episodes 154, 155, and 156 of Let's Play by the Incredible Mongi. Speaking of the creator of the series, you can support her by becoming a patron of Mongi's by going to patreon.com slash mongrelmarie. I'll leave the link to that in the description box. Basically, the way Patreon works is you give monthly. It could be like $1 a month or $5 a month and you receive exclusive perks. So you get discussion threads, you get trivia, you get exclusive pictures that Mongi has drawn of the characters of Let's Play that you can only get on Patreon. So if you're interested in that, if you're interested in becoming a part of that community, I will leave the link to that in the description box of this podcast episode. And if you find yourself enjoying this podcast and the discussion and the analysis of Let's Play, then you can become a patron of Girl Wonder by going to patreon.com slash girlwonder. One of my favorite things I do there is I post early access to podcast episodes. This one went up early and it covers one additional episode of Let's Play. So my analysis of episode 157 is already up and out on Patreon. Another link that will be available to you in the description box is where you can get Let's Play volumes in print. You can physically hold Let's Play. I own some and I love them. So if you want to have Let's Play on your bookshelf, then definitely check out the link in the description box. And before we start, our top cities that have listened to this podcast the most in the last seven days are Bern, Dearborn, Laverne, Zanesville, the Bronx, Columbus, and Paris. Thank you all so much for listening to the podcast. It makes me smile every time seeing all the different cities all around the world where you're listening from. I appreciate you so much. Without further ado, let's get into it. Let's play. Charles is returning to Sam's apartment with her dog Bowser, who just worships the ground Charles walks on. He loves Charles so much. And in the hallway, we run into Marshall, who tries to make eye contact with Bowser, but is rejected. It is nothing but rejection for Marshall again. I say this almost every podcast. Bowser won't give Marshall the time of day. He just can't with him. He does not like him. He doesn't want to have anything to do with him. And it kind of breaks my heart for Marshall now. KitKat24390 commented on this episode of the Webtoon and said, Bowser's treatment of Ben actually makes me kind of sad, mostly because of all of the inner turmoil Ben has going on. Yes, Marshall slash Ben has a lot of inner turmoil. (laughs) That was put in a good way. And I wonder if Bowser picks up on that. And that's why he treats him like this. I don't know. 
He does not like him. Is it because he hurt Sam at one point in life and Bowser was able to know this, that Sam's feelings were hurt? Is it because Sam has idolized him at some points and Bowser's jealous? Or is it deeper than that? Is Marshall just trying too hard to be liked and Bowser can't give it to him? Like I said, we've discussed this on the podcast, but I'm curious every single time Marshall is rejected by this dog to the point where I'm like, man, I'm starting to feel personally attacked by Bowser and I love him. I love him to pieces. I'm currently looking at a little enamel pin that I have of Bowser right now with a rose in his mouth. And I'm like, why are you doing this to me? Why are you hurting me, Bowser? I love you so much. (laughs) Ari Banks commented on this episode of the Webtoon and said, they say dogs are intuitive and protective of their owner. Did Ben give off bad vibes? I don't know why he doesn't like Ben. And then there's like a little sad emoji. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it might be out of protection for Sam, but it's rough to see that, like the way that Bowser looks away from Marshall slash Ben in this panel, it is just, that's cold. It's brutal. (laughs) Charles thanks Marshall for stopping his sister from seeing Charles and Sam yesterday. And Marshall says, oh, no worries, but I've got to be honest, I didn't do it for you. Yeah, I'm glad he made that clear. He really did it for Sam and his sister. He did not want that to be a terrible confrontation for the both of them. Charles benefited from this, but he didn't do it to be like, let me protect Charles right now. That was not his intent. And it seems like he wanted Charles to know that. Jolene MCN commented on this episode of the Webtoon and said, I am so glad Marshall clarified he did it for his sister and Sam's benefit and not to be bros and a wingman to Charles. Yeah, and when you look back to when it happened and Marshall covered for Charles and Sam and got Eva out of there, it didn't seem like he was like, hey, I'm going to help Charles get some. (laughs) It didn't feel like he was trying to be wingman or a bro to Charles at all. So I'm glad he made it clear, but I also find it interesting that he was like, you know what? I I hear your thank you, but I'm going to clarify. I didn't do it for you. You know, there's something about saying that out loud. Did any of you when reading this chapter sense some tension between these two men? I feel like Marshall can be goofy and warm and just really full of affection for people. And I didn't feel like he was his warm self with Charles at all. And Charles is typically pretty guarded, right? But he was trying to be nice for a second. And then it was like, oh, oh, I'm sensing some tension. Like Marshall walked away and was like still saying goodbye and talking to Charles with his back to him. There's a lot of moments if you look carefully, like get your little magnifying glass out and look at these panels. There is tension here. There is palpable, tangible tension here. And when Marshall did leave and he said, tell Sam I said hi, there's just something about that that's like not a dig. Marshall's not trying to be petty or anything like that. Don't get me wrong. But there's just something there where this isn't really friendly. It's a little mm, competitive is too strong of a word, but there's something going on in this dynamic between these two men. Because the look that Charles gave him after he said, tell Sam I said hi, tension, tension that you could cut with a knife. 
So, leaving that tension behind, we follow Marshall to his gig at the coffee shop, The Daily Grind. Remember that Marshall does chalk art for them? So, he is making something (laughs) with, like, Black Death coffee. And Dee, the owner, a character that I love, is wondering if maybe that's a little too strong. Maybe not appealing. (laughs) Marshall has a lot of creative freedom. He gets to name this coffee dish. He gets to illustrate it for everyone. But as Dee is questioning whether this is the right name, someone comes and is like, yeah, I want to get wrecked. Give me some Black Death coffee, please. And Dee's like, okay, yeah, this works. Great. (laughs) That made me laugh. You know, Let's Play always has such great humor. And I'm always laughing and smiling when I read it. One thing that makes me really happy is that Marshall can be an artist here. Something that we know brings him a lot of passion and joy. And he just can be his artist self. It's a small thing. This is such a small gig. It's not even really a side hustle because there's not a lot of compensation, but it's meaningful. I really like this for him. And it also puts him in contact with so many people that we've come to know in this comic. A lot of the main characters show up at the Daily Grind, and a lot of them show up in this particular episode. So Marshall first notices Angela, Sam's friend, and Link flirting while talking about fantasy football and Marshall hears their conversation and hears how they're building on each other and talking about all the different ins and outs of this fantasy football league and Marshall thinks to himself seems like they've got a lot in common are they dating it would be nice to have that much in common with your girlfriend this is something to take note of this is something that stands out because we know that Marshall is on a break from his girlfriend Monica. Like, they're technically not really dating anymore. They've said that they need to become friends. They need to have a strong foundation because they've done the whole physical intimacy thing. And yes, they're compatible in that way. But now they need to step back and see, like, what do we have in common? Because they've reached a breaking point. And so to hear him say it would be nice to have that much in common with your girlfriend is like, oh, all right. That's something that Marshall wants and craves really badly in a romantic relationship. And if it's going to work with Monica, they're going to have to find that they have a lot in common because this is a want of his. This is something he wants and deserves, honestly. So this makes you wonder, is Monica going to come back into the picture as his girlfriend or not? While that question is just hanging in the air, Vicky shows up. And you know, I love me some Vicky. (laughs) She's one of my favorite characters in this comic. She gives Marshall a huge hug It's a very heartwarming moment. And also, for those of us who ship Vicky with another character who may go by the name of Abe, she's wearing Abe's hoodie. I ship it so strongly in my head. They are boyfriend and girlfriend. They're on the cusp. Their ship is so ready to sail. We have been building it. We have the hammer. We have the nails. We are ready to set sail off into the sunset. Oh my gosh. She looks so cute in Abe's oversized sweatshirt. Oh, I love it. He's so he's so there for her. He so understands her. It's not just like, hey, here's my sweatshirt. You can wear it. She's wearing it because she's an empath. And when she touches people, she can really sense all of their emotional turmoil, which seems to be the word of the day right now. (laughs) That's something she's extremely sensitive to. And wearing it makes her have less skin out so she doesn't have to touch and feel all of those things. 
However, an empath is an empath, and Vicky does notice some emotions in the scene. She looks over at Angela, talking and flirting with Link, and there it is, one of Angela's emotions, trust, and it's so little, peeking out behind Angela's leg, so small and fragile. What a good thing. What a wonderful thing. Rage and anger used to be her dominating emotions, but now trust gets a chance to develop and be nurtured. I love that for Angela. Christian Meeks commented on this episode and said, I swear, Vicky is a minor deity. <laughs> right? Throw her in Lore Olympus. <laughs> Put her in there. She could be a goddess for sure. The episode ends with Marshall meeting up with Monica for breakfast. So that question of will they ever get together seems like we're getting closer to that answer. And my takeaway from this episode is that Marshall's pretty lonely, but he's also doing necessary self-care and making good choices right now. And I love that for him. I'm seeing the growth. I'm seeing the character development and I'm seeing the maturity, you know, so I'm happy for Marshall. When we come back from a short musical interlude, we are talking about Charles and Sam and the two different things that make them freak out in one episode. We'll be right back. start episode 155 with Sam and Charles in the elevator together and she is still worn out and exhausted from their intimate activities. Charles is worried and checks in with her but she reassures him that she would do last night all over again but she would hope to be less nervous. So that's good to hear. Sam is happy you guys. We couldn't really ask for much more. After she says that she feels that Charles's heartbeat speeds up, which is different, right? She's never experienced that from Charles before, where he's the nervous one, where he's the blushing one. You know, it's usually all on Sam. <laughs> She's usually the one who just takes the burden of being the blusher and the heart skipping a beat person in the relationship or in their friendship. Um, so his facial expression, though, to her starts to seem cold. Like after she hears the heartbeat speed up, She's like, well, his face, though, is cold. And Sam starts to wonder if he is withdrawing. I sure hope not. I feel like that's kind of mean <laughs> to sleep with her the night before, ask if she's okay the next morning, and then be like, you know what? I'm going to withdraw. <laughs> I'm just not going to deal with her anymore. Like, that would be pretty cold-blooded of Charles. After all they've been through, that can't be it. No, mister. I would have to have a stern talking to him. <laughs> Especially when we've seen Charles's dreams and his nightmares, and we know that he cares deeply for Sam, if he were to just withdraw right after <laughs> taking this relationship to the next level, it's it's not, it would be on sight with him. I would have to be like, you have to catch these hands, Charles. Really? <laughs> so I don't think that's what it is at all. Mara Desu commented on this episode of the webtoon and said, but does he have to be so cold? Girl. I think he's just trying his best not to pounce you at work. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the case. And I also think this is new territory for Charles. 
Sam remembers that he said he's not looking for a companion or anything serious, yet look at him slipping into a very serious relationship where from his dreams that we talked about in a previous podcast episode, we can tell that he wants her and he wants to be in a relationship with her. He wants her to have his children one day. If we were to really look into his dreams, he wants more than what he said he wanted when they first decided to go on this adventure together. Saying he doesn't want a companion, like people are trolling Charles in the comments like, Charles, sir, you clearly want her as your companion in life for the rest of your life. Calm down and see what you actually want. So by the time they walk into work, Sam is just fretting. She's completely in worry mode now. She's fretting that Charles has shut down and she knows that they agreed to be professional at work, but she does feel like he's being cold. And she's wondering, is that okay to feel like this? It's tough. This is her first, I want to say relationship, but Charles said this isn't going to be a serious relationship, but this is a relationship and this is her first one. And it's a complicated situation to be in. I think relationships are tough in general, especially at the beginning where you are wondering, like, did I do something wrong? Or is it okay for me to feel this way? And it's just amplified because Sam does not know what they're doing. And now they're physical with each other, I would say. Like, she doesn't really know what they have. She's like, okay, we have a relationship where we're all over each other. But at work, we're not supposed to. And he said he doesn't want anything serious. And he's not looking for a companion. But we're all over each other. You know, it is confusing. It's a little tricky. So Sam enters the meeting late and there's a super, super awkward moment that just gave me secondhand embarrassment for days for our girl. So she sits down in an office chair and makes a really loud, awkward sound because she's that sore from Charles that when she sits, she forgets how sore she is and is loud about it to the point where the whole room just looks at her like, what was that noise you made? What is going on with you? <laughs> There's not a person in the room not staring at Sam. They're all looking at her and I'm cackling, but also so embarrassed for her. And she has to make up some mumbo jumbo lie about working out yesterday. And that's why she's so sore and making these noises. But girl, this is awkward. Oh my goodness. Umed does a good job of like taking this meeting back and getting it under control. And he announces that the blood drive is today. And now it's time for Charles to freak out. It's his turn now. Charles is expected to lead the charge today at the blood drive, but he honestly looks like he's going to be sick. This man looks like he's on the verge of vomiting, fainting, swooning, which is slightly different from fainting. <laughs> Charles does not look well. He does not look like he feels good. Just at the mention of the blood drive today, Michael 14 commented on this episode of the webtoon and said, Charles is afraid of needles. Poor baby. So that means we should go back into let's play history a little bit. I think it could be helpful to jog some of our memories to go back to episode 72 where Charles accompanies Sam to the hospital and meets her brother Jay and his girlfriend Ruth, who's also a doctor. So Jay and Ruth are doctors, and Sam's hand is hurt in episode 72, and Ruth gives Sam an injection 
of course, by way of a needle, and Charles unexpectedly grabs Sam's hand in support. But then he turns away like he can't even look as she's getting the needle. And he says, I am not a fan of needles either, Miss Young. Now, Sam doesn't like them, but like, look at Charles. He can't even look. And he is flipping out at the thought of this blood drive, which is something that Sam's not doing. Like, yeah, she's uncomfortable with it. She doesn't like it. But man, he's not able to function. It's a difference. It's finally time to see Charles super, super vulnerable. Mac Meow commented on this episode of the webtoon and said, honestly, it's slightly reassuring to see someone like Charles afraid of the same thing as I am. I have a lot of blood work and tests coming up this year as well, so I'm even more on edge. I can totally relate. It sucks. I really like that comment. And then Golden Fish commented and said, every new episode with Charles and Sam makes me dread the inevitable drama that will come to tear them apart crying face emoji. Please let them be together. They're so good for each other. (laughs) I agree. I just feel like where we are in this comic, it's like, hmm, are they going to be endgame? Because they're getting together at least. They're not boyfriend and girlfriend, but they're getting together physically at a place where it seems like they might not be endgame. Do you know what I mean? I mean, we really can't predict it, but there's something where they're not, there is there are obstacles in their way for them to be happy together. And those obstacles might tear them apart first or tear them apart for good. We really don't know. But my takeaway from this episode is that the, let's just call it a relationship. The relationship between Charles and Sam has the power to really hurt them as long as it stays undefined and confusing. Because Sam is confused Read this episode again. See 155 and tell me Sam is not confused. She's confused, darling. She does not know what is going on and that makes her insecure or at least more insecure than usual. So I think if they were to completely follow Charles's lead and Charles's instincts on this, then their entire relationship would implode because Charles is still so traumatized by his past with his ex-wife that dictates his relationship to control, his insistence on relationships being more transactional, like I scratch your back, you scratch mine. I'm not looking for anything serious or a companion. You know, until he deals with that past, I don't think this ship could easily sail off into the sunset. That's where I'm landing right now, but I am enjoying every single scene of them together thoroughly especially seeing Charles scared out of his mind at the thought of a blood drive. It's priceless. It's so good. When we come back, we are talking about Marshall and Monica's extremely difficult conversation. We're going to analyze that right after this short musical interlude. We'll be right back.
episode 156, we're back to seeing Marshall and Monica sitting together on a bench in the park. The sun is shining and he gives her an update on his health. I just remember how scared and worried and there for Marshall Monica was when, you know, he had his little health scare. She was at the hospital and that was kind of the beginning of the end of their relationship though, where it was apparent to them that something had to change, especially to Monica, but they had been having problems before. For instance, throughout their relationship, Monica had been trying to get Marshall to take care of himself, to just put in a little bit of self-care, but he gave her a hard time. And so in this conversation, Marshall says, sorry, I was being difficult back then, but I felt I really did Sam dirty with her game. And I couldn't rest until I made things right. Now, here is something worth noting. Monica is silent for a beat. Like there's a whole panel after he says how he did Sam dirty and he couldn't rest until he made it right with Sam. That Monica just looks at him quietly. And then she says in the next panel, she knows. But that silent panel, I wonder what she was thinking there. I don't think Monica's the type of person to be jealous or ever, ever, ever lash out at Sam. She's going to be Sam's friend. But there was a moment there where I wonder if she was like, he went to such great lengths to make things right with Sam and right for Sam and her game ruminate that he put himself in the hospital and he does not regret it at all, you know? And he didn't listen to me. He did what he thought was right for Sam. There's something there. I don't think jealousy is the right word. It's very nuanced. I feel like what Mongi is doing here. And I appreciate that. But there's just something there. Just like how I was talking about there's tension between Charles and Marshall in that first episode we discussed today. There's not tension here, but there's just something where it's like, hmm. He did all of that for Sam and he didn't listen to me. And even now, this is like a post-breakup closure conversation. And he's still like, he would do it again. (laughs) He would risk his health again, (laughs) you know? So another thing that's been going on with Marshall is the poor boy, this poor man, I should say, has been having nightmares every night. And I feel terrible about that. We've seen some of it. It's not fun. He's been having a tough time and there's nothing Monica can do about it, but just say that she's sorry and hopes it goes away. One thing she does do that is quite interesting is that she offers to make good on her promise of getting physical with Marshall now that he's gotten the clean bill of health. I remember her promising this and I remember the whole... (laughs) Marshall having to have a heart monitor and freaking out that he couldn't be physical or have sex or anything at all for a long time. I remember all of that. And she's like, now I can make good on that promise. And she strokes Marshall's cheek with the back of her finger. And it's interesting, like Marshall takes her hand and pulls it away. And is he actually turns her down, surprisingly enough. And this is Marshall. This is horny Marshall. <laughs> Marshall, who belongs in horny jail most of the time. He said, no, he's not up for that. He says, our relationship started as a hookup. And that was about all we had in common. We decided to take a break so we could become better friends. 
and not make our relationship all about sex, if we hook up again, then we just be walking down the same path. This is truth. So mature of Marshall to say this. Boundaries are important. And if they fall right back into what they had before, then what was the point of taking a break from each other in the first place? Like, what was the point of the heartbreak? What was the point of staying away from each other and pulling back and trying to find common ground as friends, which we have not done yet, which we are going to do in the park today? It's it's good that he didn't take her up on this offer, even though I would like them to get back together. You know I ship Monica and Marshall, but they already know they're compatible in that way. They do not know if they're compatible in any other way, and they're both looking for a relationship. Remember Monica crying, almost sobbing over Marshall, not telling his family about them and keeping their relationship a complete secret? Remember that? She wants more. He wants more. They deserve more than just a physical connection because they want more. I think Monica was a little taken aback because it's vulnerable to put yourself out there like that and offer that and then have somebody to be like, no, (laughs) even if it's for good reason, I think it must've been hard for her. That's a slight rejection still. And so Monica agrees, but I could tell she was a little disappointed. This is not the only time she's going to be disappointed in this conversation. So let's get into it. So they try to talk about what they have in common. So they're both influencers right? With big followings, but they don't want to talk about work. Like, I think work can be a thing where you can really communicate a lot and talk about it in common and relate to the similarities and differences in your same field. Like my husband, Josh, and I both met as teachers in the same Teach for America program. So we still talk about those days all the time and we still relate to each other so deeply because we were both teachers. But I don't know, maybe it's different when you're an influencer. (laughs) And they both agreed they don't want to talk about, like, all just do all the complaining, all the ranting about how there are difficulties to being an influencer. That's just not something they're interested in. So that's like a no-go. But then they bring up something they love. They both love Dinah, Monica's dog, which is nice. I love that dog, too. I want to see her again. She's such a dorky, weird-looking thing. I love her. <laughs> I love a dog that's not like the cutest one at the pound. I love those types of dogs. And Dinah, sweet, sweet Dinah is one of those dogs. But after they mention like one sentence about Dinah, it's silence again. They don't really have anything else in common. Not movies, not food. It's also like you guys are in a relationship for a long time and you never talked about your favorite foods until now. But then Marshall's like, okay, let's talk about something deeper then. Because those are surface things. Who cares if you don't like the same food as the person you're dating? Who cares if you don't like the same movies? You know, you you can work past surface things. But when Marshall says, let's go a little deeper and talk about the future. Do you want to get married? Do you want to have kids? Once again, nothing in common really. Monica, on one hand, doesn't want to get married or have kids, and Marshall is pretty much the opposite. You can just tell. So they lapse into silence again, and it's a sad silence this time. And Marshall tries to fill it by saying things could change, you know, in like an optimistic voice. He could wake up tomorrow hating kids and marriage too. But that made me sad to see. 
and it made Monica sad. So she shuts that down right away. It's funny how like she reached out to be physical and now he's reaching out to like change his whole life agenda, like everything he wants in life just to make her happy. And Monica's like, no, this is exactly why we split. You were so worried about disappointing me that you were unable to be true to yourself. You're allowed to love kids and to want to be married and to want different things in life than me. And yes, some of our differences may disappoint me, but that's okay. Isn't that interesting? They both went back, like they both regressed into old habits, but the other person caught it. So when Monica was like, well, we can, we can do it. <laughs> Why did I do a little shimmy in my seat? <laughs> Just like shimmy in my shoulders for Monica. And Marshall shut that down, old habits. And when Marshall was like, I could change my whole life because I can see the sadness and disappointment in your eyes. She was like, no, I'm shutting that down. They caught it. This is maturity. This is growth. But doesn't it feel like, uh-oh, Marshall was just longing to have something in common when he was looking at Angela and Link talking about fantasy football. And then he reaches out to Monica to have that conversation. And womp womp, there's not a lot in common. It feels like they're not so meant to be. And that's hard. But I will say this breakup slash post breakup conversation is some of the best breakup content I've seen on Webtoon. I feel like even if our hearts are breaking and this is a ship that we love and wanted to be on, it just feels real, you know? Nicole Fields commented on this episode of the Webtoon and said, these are huge issues in relationships. It's so good to be upfront. I'm glad Marshall didn't go through with it. It isn't meant to be in the long term. While Samantha Marie commented and said, I honestly disagree. They both get along great and have great intimacy. Just because they love different favorite things doesn't mean they still can't enjoy the other person's favorites. The only deal breaker is the kids in marriage. But, you know, not every relationship has to be thought of as long term. And like Marshall said, that could always change. They do need to work on communication and learning about each other, though. But as long as they accept each other's differences, it's no big deal. So from those comments, it seems like it could go either way, right? It could be like, mm, this is the end for us. <laughs> or let's keep trying because we have something worth trying for. I could see them doing either of those things. And then there's this comment from Earth Token 1. And so starts the journey of Ben becoming a potential love interest for Sam. I think that's what that pause was for Monica when he mentioned that she was the reason for him going to the hospital. I mean... Earth Token One said it, but I also thought that at times. It's still there. The thread is still alive. I have gone back and forth a million times. Like, I am a ship hopper, and I just need to admit that about myself because every once in a while, I, I, I look at that Marshall Sam ship. I really do. I look at it, and I think about crossing over to it because sometimes it makes sense to me. And then a lot of the times I'm on the Charles and Sam ship. And we know, according to an interview with Mangi on this podcast, that the Charles and Sam ship is sailing. Like when we talked to her at the start of season three, we asked, is this ship sailing in your opinion? And she said, yes. So I'm on it. But do I look at the Marshall and Sam ship sometimes? And then just think like, what, is, what kind of food do they have on that ship? 
What's the menu like? What kind of activities are over there? <laughs> I just look at the other ship. I love how it's a cruise ship now in my head. And I'm like, is there a pool? Can I get a balcony room? I'm just wondering. I'm just asking. I'm just asking. I'm just asking. <laughs> if you guys are looking for me on the Charles and Sam ship and you don't find me, I might have hopped. But I'm, I'll come back. I will be back. I just want Sam to be happy. <laughs> So as Marshall and Monica are sitting on this bench and wrapping up their conversation, saying goodbye, we see the click of a camera from afar. And we see the photographer who has brown hair. And he gets on the phone and says, I've got some great shots for you. Well, you see, that's the funny thing. My price just went up. So he's like two influencers, right? His price just went up because he's got Monica and Marshall. Hmm. Who is behind this? Who's on the other side of the phone? That's my question. Some people have guessed Marshall's father in the comments. Some people think it's Dallas. But I'm like, isn't Dallas blonde, y'all? Is it Dallas in a wig? I don't know. But it's clear that Marshall's an influencer. We've seen this building for a while, that he's being followed by paparazzi, and they're taking pictures. And I don't know what how it's going to come out. In what capacity? Is it going to be an article? Is it going to be a news story on the YouTube channel? I don't know. But I'm nervous. I don't think this is going to be good. I'm scared it could send Marshall spiraling and losing some of that good progress he's been making lately. That's what I'm nervous about. So here's a comment that stood out to me in the comments section of this episode. Paulia0306 said, Honestly, I don't think Marshall is any more emotionally available than Charles is. Marshall seems to be super codependent, while Charles is super aloof. They both have a lot of growing and healing to do. I do love that comment. They are very different men. Once again, that's why there's some tension between them. They know it. They're different. And I would say that they're both working on it, though. It's getting better. They're actively growing and I think they'll meet in the middle where they're not too codependent or too aloof. They're just the right amount, <laughs> right smack dab in the middle. My takeaway from this episode is that Marshall and Monica just had a very necessary conversation. And honestly, Marshall and Sam have a lot more in common than Marshall and Monica. I'm just looking at the cruise ship over there, the Marshall-Sam ship. I know some of y'all are on it. I'm looking at it. I'm still sitting with Sam and Charles. I'm enjoying myself. I'm enjoying a mocktail right now, <laughs> but I'm looking over there and I'm like, dang, Marshall and Sam have a lot in common. They could talk for days about games and drawing. Yeah, there's a lot in common over there on that ship. <laughs> That's just me right now. All right. That's where I am. Where are you with these ships? I ask that all the time. I've asked my patrons before. We've talked about it, but isn't it always shifting? I, I see myself shifting. I'm eyeing the ship. I'm looking at it. And if someone could just email me the menu, that would be great. <laughs> and that's it for our breakdown of episodes 154, 155, and 156 of Let's Play by Mongi. If you want to hear my analysis of 157, that's already up on Patreon. Remember that patrons get early access to these podcast episodes and a lot of exclusive content as well. And you can join at patreon.com slash girlwonder. All right, let's wrap this up. 
Wow, you made it to the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to Girl Wonder. We currently have no sponsors, so here's a shout out to a random listener instead. This week's shout out goes to Brie Mert on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast, Brie. New episodes of Girl Wonder are uploaded on Saturdays. I am Joe Rochelle, and we'll talk again next week. Bye.